I'm Luke Alley. And I'm Dave Alley. And this is All Things Climbing. I like this one a lot. That was really cool. He was talking about that in the slideshow. So for listeners, we are flipping through a photo book called The Climbers. And yes, uh, I am aware that podcasting is an audio medium and (laughs) not the um, normal format for reviewing a book of pictures. Uh, But this is a really, really interesting book that is totally worth our attention. It's called The Climbers. It's by a photographer named Jim Harrington. It's a large book, has a foreword by Alex Honnold, an essay by Jim Harrington, and another essay by Greg Child. Um, And then there's uh, dozens of these very large black and white um, portraits of these climbers who are all incredibly influential sort of in the golden age of climbing. So that's like up maybe through the 60s. Maybe um, then maybe even the 70s. Yeah, with people yeah. People like John Long. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But Jim Harrington took all of these photos in the past couple of decades. So these are influential climbers who are in their later years. Some of them even died within weeks of being photographed. There's a, a definitely a diversity in the like aesthetic and style of each photo, but they're all very, very well done. Yeah, really cool. It's great really photography. compelling stuff. Like fairly, fairly iconic mm-hmm. images, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they are, and this is, you know, but speaking of them like doing something iconic, what is kind of interesting in this is how much they're not doing that in right. a lot of these. You know, they're not climbing. Some of them are outdoors, I suppose, but there's this this photo in the back of, oh, sorry, right before Jeff Lowe, Pat Ament, Dave Rierke. Oh, John Gill, here we go. This photo of John Gill, he's holding a old wood shaft mountaineering ice axe, but he's famous for being, you know, a super, super cutting-edge boulderer. John Gill was largely credited with the one who pioneered dynamic movement, you know, and not just like locking off on a crimp ladder and then moving up and slowly reaching for the next hold, but like, you know, jumping and cutting feet and swinging and dead pointing and like all that stuff that we think of as essential to, to bouldering. He was sort of the one who, who pioneered like that whole style of climbing. Anyway, here he is holding this mountaineering ax, you know, which is definitely like a tool of the climbing trade. But, you know, if you, again, if, you know, it speaks to the extent to which these climbers are not, or Jim Harrington's not trying to like capture them, you know, these aren't doing like, what they're famous, or like standing in front of the route that they're famous for or whatever. It's like not, it's not trite in that way hmm. at all. It's really totally, cool. Totally. So we, uh, he gave a lecture um, at Neptune that you and I saw, uh, which was super awesome. He has a lot of really good stories about like some of the specific portraits and mm-hmm. some of the people. Yeah, really like, cool what anecdotes like. of getting the shots. Yeah, totally. Um, and so he uh, was around for outdoor retailer. Uh, he was staying at the hotel across the street, and I caught up with him. And uh, let me just say, I think that. Uh, you might need to step aside as host of the show because <laughs> I really 
blew you out of the water with my <laughs> interviewing yes. ability. Incisive questions. Yeah, just take a take a listen to this uh, to this clip of me right before we started the interview, where I establish my commanding, dominance. yeah, <laughs> comfortable tone that led to such a blossoming interview. Okay. Um, what? Uh, well, actually, I, I was gonna ask uh, questions about. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Well, all that practice is really shown off. Yeah. Shown off. <laughs> Paid off. <laughs> ah, you're stupid, dude. Damn it. <laughs> um, so uh, I talked to Jim about the kind of origin of the project. Okay. And why, uh, why these people did you pick for this book? Why the climbers? Well, the climbers, yeah. Well, it seems like I've always been drawn towards history and old things and uh, this multi-decade documentation of music I've been doing. I've usually been drawn to these old legends and it's just the way I've always been since growing up. And I am a climber and I've always been fascinated with the Sierra Nevada mountains in California where I've climbed and a lot of movies have been made there. Jack Kerouac was there, Ansel Adams, and it goes on and on. But at some point in the 90s, I knew that there were a f couple, at least, climbers still alive that had climbed in the 1920s with Norman Clyde, who was even older. And um, as usual with my camera, it's kind of a passport to adventure. It kind of opens the doors. It's the way to meet people and, you know, get in. So I never think about the big project. It's just I want to find these people and, and, and do some portraits. So I did that with a, a couple of those Sierra climbers, which drew me to find a few other Sierra climbers. And that kept going. And then one day I got a chance to shoot Bradford Washburn, who was a Bostonian. And suddenly it seemed like this project had become a little fascination with old Sierra climbers, too. American climbers, and then it went on from there. That's so cool. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's it's not unlike when we were talking to Dave Oleski, and he was talking about how, you know, he found like himself feeling that it was a shame that these climbers would pass away, and there'd be like a little bit of a blurb, and that was sort of the extent of their memorialization. And it's cool that this, you know, this project tackles that same issue in sort of a similar way you know artistic preservation of of these people as individuals and not just about you know their tick list mm -hmm. yeah man this photo of fred becky is awesome you like that one i do i like this a lot can you describe it a little bit yeah so he's laying on a leather couch it's a very very high contrast dark photo um, his head's on a pillow and his, half his face is, is covered in a really, really dark shadow. He's holding his two hands together kind of right, you know, right near his chin, as you would if you were taking a nap. Yeah, so I actually talked to Jim about the Fred Becky photo. Okay. Well, he's the only person I photographed three different times over years. And the first time was in the Tetons, and I wasn't particularly satisfied with that photo. And then I ran into him again years later in a pizza parlor in Chicago, and that photo was okay. 
But, you know, Becky's big, you know, he's a major figure, one of the most prolific climbers that ever lived. And they say he was the most prolific climber in, the, in North America. So I wanted something good. But the Becky portrait that I finally used in the book was uh, when the last time I shot him in Seattle. And I was in this uh, old historic hotel. And there's a big lobby, but off that lobby is this kind of luxurious old 1920s oak-paneled room with these leather couches where the hotel agreed to let me shoot there. And Becky came in, and I kind of sat down on the couch and kicked his shoes off and just laid down. And I walked over and started shooting, and it was almost unspoken. It's kind of like he wanted to be photographed that way or was, or, or was fine being photographed that way, and I started doing it. It was a strange um, symbiotic photo shoot, and it's one of my tip-top favorites of the whole book, and it was so natural and kind of bizarre the way it took place. It's so funny to see that th this photo is like, an organic moment. It's hard not to wonder what the, what the setup to this was like, and it's awesome to know that it was just that like he kicked his shoes off and did it. <laughs> it's great. But yeah, that that photo highlights um, sort of the um, what I saw uh, as being kind of the theme of almost morbidity um, in the collection. So I my initial reaction was that I was really struck by by some kind of notion of decay um, because these are seemingly, you know, immortal climbers towards the end of their life. Sure. Um, and I actually talked to Jim about that as well. Okay. A few others have brought this up and I think it's ludicrous. It's, you know, we're all dying. Uh, we're all getting older. We're going to hopefully get to the age of these amazing people I photographed um, I think it's ageist. I think it's kind of a lame uh, response, actually. Why can't you photograph old people? What's the age when you, when you stop showing them? Um, 60, 50? When do you stop? I disagree. I think it's a celebration of life. These people lived incredible lives that most people you know, wouldn't even understand or comprehend. And to find these people that have managed not, to not die in the mountains or of anything else and have gone through that life and still be around, it's, uh, I don't want to sound cheesy, but it, it's definitely a celebration of life, not death. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, there's like such a, it's this, such a stark comparison of like these mountaineers who have this weird like mystique of immortality about them in their, in their accomplishments that like they're just indestructible or something. And then paired with your visual style which really really captures like this vulnerability when you put those two together it i can see how it like really highlights like this this trajectory that occurs yeah i mean you know a lot of these people aren't in the best condition i admit uh, some of them were very sick uh, ricardo cassine died he was dying when i met him he died a week later after i left at a hundred years old. Um, I applaud them for allowing me to photograph them and to go into their homes and 
you know, I think that's another brave part of them uh, to allow me to do that. Jeff Lowe, who's in, has got a serious disease, incredibly brave, but that's life. Yeah. We're all going through it, and yeah, I'm, I'm quite proud to have been able to do this and show them as they are. What do you think about that? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I definitely see, I see what you're saying. I think that I don't get quite a sense of, <clears throat> like, I, for for my experience with the book, I would say that decay is a little bit is a little bit strong, just because I think that the the way in which their the portraits are captured, I think, does a good job to remind you that these people are still here and still, you know, fully present as as the people that, that maybe they once were, and and they're not climbing as pioneers anymore. But I think it's it's a really great choice on Jim's part to not try to photograph these people, you know, with all of them climbing. Mm-hmm. I think that that helps unpack the the person in the photo in a way that I think it maybe would feel like like if you were watching these people, all of them only through the lens of like the climb in the '60s and '70s that they were you know, that they made a name for themselves with. I think it would be hard not to look at a photo like that and say, oh man, this is a person who boldly established that route and now I'm looking at a photo of them mm, top roping it, not feeling like they're totally in command of it, you know. And then, so that comparison, I think, would be hard to get past. Yeah. And so I think it's really nice to nice to see um, photographs that, that don't take su- such a, like a simplistic view it's really awesome to have this really high-end fine art brought to bear on the types of people who were definitely slated to not be remembered well you know just because their sport was so fringe and the stuff that they're doing was so far from the mainstream and um now even though that climbing is becoming a you know more more known more widely documented thing it's almost like you know, that popularity isn't necessarily retroactive. You know, it doesn't extend to include these people in the past all the time, but for people like Jim Harrington who are going to go and, um, and like he says, you know, bring these people out of corners all over the world and, and photograph them in a way that's like maybe commensurate with, with their accomplishments from, from back in the day. Yeah. I, so I still think that my, um, my initial visceral reaction to some of these photos is still um, one of like somewhat morbid curiosity a little bit, but at the same time, like I fully have come around to like what he says about these Mm -hmm. celebrations. Sure. Um, And he, uh, this is like said really well in the essays that are in the book, in the beginning of the book. Um, it's probably most succinctly done in the forward by Alex Honnold, I think, where he says, I have always put my climbing heroes on a pedestal somehow removed from the rest of us who are merely human, but to do so does them a disservice. I think their climbs are even more remarkable in light of their humanity. Uh, and he goes on to say, to me, that's the greatest inspiration of all to look at these climbers who have dared so much on the big walls of the world and realize that they are all of us. Um, so I saw that whole like focus on mortality as being very bleak. 
Um, but I think that that's a good way of saying that, like, it's it's actually pretty inspiring, pretty amazing. Sure. Yeah. No, it's really that's a really good point. Uh, you know, like it's all like a lot of other really good art. It's it's a lot about the interpretation, and you know, it's it's open to those different ways of looking at it. Um, yeah. It's a little bit like the you know the different paradigms of looking at, you know, wrinkles on someone's face if they're in their 60s and 70s and seeing those as either earned or endured, you know. And it's like very you're going to draw a very different emotion from from seeing that depending on on how you view those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it certainly can be both, right? Um that's a really good point. Yeah. There's plenty of room I think for for both of those things to be true. Yeah. Which is which is cool. I mean that's that's what makes this stuff so uh so interesting and I think it's that's why it's so neat that these people are going to be um you know in this book. Yeah. This book is going to have an audience that wouldn't normally know who these people are and it's sharing them, you know. It is. It's cool. You know, I think um climbing in general has like a a decentralized historical record in some ways. In the sense that for each generation of climbers there's a small crop who are very interested in climbing history and in an unplanned way sort of each contribute to you know the like maintaining the canon of climbing and um you know just the the individuals who find themselves really engrossed in the history and read all the books that these climbers wrote forever ago you know Alex Honnold talks about himself as like not being one who's super drawn to climbing history and stuff but there are a lot of climbers even even some you know younger climbers who are really into that stuff and they are you know when they're going through this like young person obsession with the sport they just like voraciously read and watch everything they can find and then those people become like sort of like climbing's raconteurs where they're just like the keepers of the stories and and that's just sort of the way it goes but it's not it's not done in like an organized way it's just that you know there's a room full of people and each generation some handful of them stands up and says okay i'm gonna read these books and i'm probably gonna like write my own and you know in in jim harrington's case like i'm gonna take these photos and and like put it all together and and the the total work ends up becoming this like cool um like patchwork quilt of 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 climbing history mm-hmm. but it's neat it's neat the way it, it almost like self-assembles and it's largely oral tradition too so it's neat to have this very visual kind of yeah component. certainly yeah or, oral or, or written right but like oral very right yeah very linguistic yes yeah. yes linguistic that's the word yeah luke and i had a really good time checking out jim's slideshow up in boulder when he was in town and if you happen to be in the uk Jim's doing a couple tour dates at the Alpine Club in London on April 10th and at the Sheffield Institute of Arts in Sheffield on April 16th. If you're in the U.S., check out Jim's book at theclimbersbook.com or you can see his other work at jimharrington.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Uh, Let me just get one soundbite of just saying... um... Uh, I talked to Jim about the kind of origin of the project. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Cool. In case I play that clip. Um, yeah. Do you want to say that again without saying kind of? 
fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not. Just to be, st- I'm going to include all of this. Just repeat, you douchebag. <laughs>